Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet talking about the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, seven years late. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin, and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the, the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. Except for when we don't, because sometimes we won't. <laughs> You sound like a Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 110, covering the 50th anniversary dramatization, An Adventure in Space and Time. This is one where Doctor Who becomes a show. It takes a lot of time and struggles, but eventually we get the cast together and start the adventure in space and time. Uh-huh. Also, we recreated Ten's death scene. Sad doctor. <laughs> uh, guys, episode 110. That's amazing. I can't believe wow. we're here. Doesn't it feel like we just recorded like episode, episode 85 84? the other day? Yeah, that's, yeah. Wow. It's like. So odd. And it's weird how your how voices bizarre. sound different than they did I last know. week. It's like oh my so God, weird. weird. So. <laughs> Trip has regressed from puberty now. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So guys, we are actually sitting down to record this uh, the week of New Year, uh, New Year's Day, and uh, we're trying to get a little bit ahead for the summertime. And since this episode didn't require us to do any kind of uh, advanced, like we didn't have to be watching episodes leading up to, we just decided to jump in and do this. So the only reason that I bring it up is that if we sound, if, if we say something that seems out of space and time, <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> So, uh, keep in mind, it is January 2020 as we're recording. So, and we still uh, live in Dallas if we've moved by now. <laughs> like. I don't plan on moving in the next six months <laughs> out of the state. So, um, at any rate, so, uh, guys, we are talking about the 50th anniversary special and adventure in space and time, not the 50th anniversary special episode, which we will also be covering shortly, but the 50th anniversary dramatization that originally aired November 21st, 2013. To 2.71 million viewers. That's sad. On BBC Two. I saw that in the notes. So apparently this this didn't even get full release on BBC One. Uh, So this was written by Mark Gaddis. And this is, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Lazarus. You guys remember old, mm-hmm. old Mark Gaddis, uh, who wrote several episodes of this, uh, wrote several episodes of, or maybe the entirety of uh, the mm-hmm. Sherlock series. Apparently, this was like a passion project of his that he had been trying to get created since he, he wanted to do this for the 40th anniversary, oh, which would have been, do the math, 2003, which, do the math, was before the reboot started. Oh my god! <laughs> this was before New Who. Goodness. So he actually had. He's wanted, like, let's just get this back on the air for a bit and do like. Well, no, a no. Thing. He he just in 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 celebration of the 40th anniversary of Doctor Who, which at the time was a show that wasn't even on the air. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to do this this little dramatization, this tiny little, thing. Like, yeah. Oh, let's create a little. I don't know, like a normal episode, just switch it up to be like you've still got it in your head that this was an episode of doctor who I, yeah. <laughs> you, keep, you keep referring to it as an episode and and it was like where does it fall in the hour and a half long movie yeah. no, no so so this was something that he wanted to just do as a as a documentary like a for example thing. yeah yeah for example um i just got done uh, listening to an audiobook from audible that is um i think it's called elizabeth the second 
wife of a monarch or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And it is a, it, it's just a, a little mini biography of Queen Elizabeth II, who's the, the current queen. Um, <laughs> let's hope that hasn't changed oh, by June. Oh, gosh. That oh, man. Suck. <laughs> little did they know in January of 2020 that the queen would die in February. <laughs> exactly two, um, like, Oh, man. I hope the queen is still week. alive in June. <laughs> oh, like, la so the week bad. before. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God save the queen. I think uh, I will edit this whole section out <laughs> if she dies. <laughs> Put it in the blooper reel at the end. But at any rate, uh, that that was done kind of right on the heels of there's also a Netflix show that's about her life called The Crown. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that's kind of in the zeitgeist right now, but uh, you know that that kind of thing getting done where it's like this dramatic recreation of the, of her life, and this was a dramatic recreation of really the life of the show that is Doctor Who. And so he'd been trying to get this done for um, for quite a while. Uh, so it was written by Mark Gaddis, directed by Terry McDonough. McDonough? McDonough? Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. McDonough. Uh, so under, under, that. Yeah. <laughs> under miscellaneous trivia, there's uh, there's a couple of, of fun little things that I saw here. First of all, there was kind of under the category of continuity error there. Do you guys remember after the member Verity goes in and and makes them do a rebroadcast of the first episode before the second episode mm -hmm. came out again? And um they they portrayed it in this, and it was long thought to be because of the Kennedy assassination. Apparently, it was a little bit more due to there was a massive power outage somewhere, so there were lots of people mm. who literally couldn't see the episode. Oh. Um, so at any rate, um, after it gets rebroadcast, remember Verity's riding on the bus? Do y'all remember what happened when she was riding on the bus? Exterminate. Yeah. yeah. The kids are running by going, exterminate. Okay, what's the problem with that? Does anybody know the problem with that? Continuity error. What's the continuity error? They didn't say it in the first they episode. They never said it in the, forget the first episode. I don't think they said it in the entirety of the, of that storyline. Uh, um, so, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I may have crossed wires here. I'm confusing. This was after the airing of the second story. So this yeah, was after. We, yeah, yeah. It was I'm weird. Sorry. They were like portraying the second story as if it was the first one in this uh, dramatization. No, they, they did do the cave, they did do the caveman yeah. thing. And like, then like the next hump yeah. was. Uh, of the the rejection of the idea of the Daleks, right? That yeah. um, uh, Sidney Newman was like, what did he say? No ten robots, no uh, bug-eyed monsters, no uh, whatever else. I'm pretty sure we've had brains all in a vat. Of those. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we've um, had brains in a robot. Uh, yeah, several times. Yeah, haven't we? Yeah. He said something about no no brains in a glass jar. So we had brains in a glass jar that was the top of a ten robot's head in the Cyberman. But at any rate, <laughs> so battling a giant bee. That that was kind of you know that was a fun little nod there of her seeing kids using the catchphrase, but the catchphrase it wasn't a catchphrase yet. Yeah, it <laughs> hadn't even been uttered. So. If it was people like. Oh, zap zap or something. That would have made a lot more sense. But. Yeah, I mean, sort something. of. But that could have been anything. Yeah, so or if they, or if they'd had, yeah, just the Dalek voice. Um, so the um, the final scene, uh, still under miscellaneous trivia here, the final scene where William Hartnell, or really David Bradley as mm -hmm. William Hartnell, <laughs> looks <laughs> up and sees Matt Smith. You guys oh, remember? Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. I mean, it was a fun little nod. It, it, at yeah. the time, it would have made a lot more sense because Eleven was on the air mm -hmm. at the time. So he looks up and sees Matt Smith. Did y'all catch what Matt Smith did? He was messing with some stuff. Yeah. Uh, he looked back. 
he smiled kind of sheepishly like, meh, look, Hi. it's still going. And then he starts playing with switches and dials. And this was during the filming of The Tenth Planet, which was the first Doctor's final story, right? This was the regeneration mm-hmm. episode. Apparently, we haven't, we haven't watched this yet, but apparently in that episode, the switches and dials on the TARDIS just started flipping themselves. <gasps> so Whoa. this was so this it was, was ghost uh, Matt Smith before right, he was right. even born. So this was switches. this was a nod to that. So it wasn't ju- it wasn't just a totally sappy. Oh, let's put the current Doctor in there. It actually played into an on screen on air part of oh. that scene. Which that I didn't, I didn't know about any of that because I haven't seen it either. But I mean, uh, okay, but like that whole sequence was kind of ridiculous. Because how so? Well, I mean, at first it looks like he's just staring at the camera, and it's like, why is he staring at us? Is he breaking the fourth wall? What's happening? Oh, I gotcha. and then it pans over, and it's Matt right. Smith piloting the TARDIS. You're not even <laughs> supposed to be in this TARDIS. What are you doing here? I thought it was. We well, did I meet it was up cool. with um, ten met up with Tom Baker, I think. Uh, what was that? No, it wasn't one? Baker. Who was it? Um, it was another one of them. He's meeting up with five. Whoever five was. Uh, that's or, on the radio. Yeah. 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 So it children yeah. in need special or something. I don't know. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard about that. Well, the, the crossover event that I've heard of with 10 and 13 was the, um, it was going to be an audio adventure or a comic or something like that. So I never get as excited about that because I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, whatever. Yeah. You know? Every doctor really has matter. Out, yeah. Every inca- incarnation of the doctor has hung out with every other incarnation of the doctor mm-hmm. in the comics and the audio. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, um, speaking of the audio, however, um, so the the cast of this dramatization that played Ian, uh, Barbara, and Susan, and uh, the the first doctor, those four reprised their roles as those characters in an audio adventure after this was done. Ah. So, so what, so that'll bring us right on into the cast because William Hartnell is played in this, uh, by David Bradley, who we talked about, uh, before Mm -hmm. because we mentioned how he has, um, he played, uh, the doctor or excuse me. He is here playing William Hartnell as the doctor, Blah. But he will <laughs> later on play the first Doctor again. So he's actually going to show up in a couple of episodes with huh. 12 at during so during Capaldi's time as the first Doctor. So, so the there fa- is the first Doctor met the, met the 12th Doctor. Correct. Correct. And and of course, you know, that all happened long after William Hartnell's death. So here we yeah. have 50 some years later. We have one and 12 meeting up, which could only happen, you know, because of by having another actor. In, incidentally, the was it the 20? I think it was the 25th anniversary special or maybe the 20th anniversary special was called The Five Doctors. Mm-hmm. And it was Doctors one through five. But William Hartnell by that time was already gone. So they had um, another actor stand in as the so first 25 doctor. years they didn't get any different actors for the because um, it's been 25 years since the start of this show 25 for that During, 25th yeah, special yeah. the 25 year special so all the five doctors 
We're four still of, looking the right age. Four of the five. We're, I mean, as long as they close enough. died, yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh. I mean, think about when we had five show up. They even had to crack a joke about why he looked, you know, 40 years older or 30 <laughs> years older than he did the last time we saw him, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so at any rate, William Hartnell, um, played by David Bradley, we'll see him again in, in the future with uh, playing the first Doctor side by side with the uh, 12th Doctor. He also, uh, so between this episode and that episode, uh, excuse me, this story and that episode where he's going to show up as the first Doctor. He actually appeared on Doctor Who again. Now I have to do the math. We may have already hit this. <laughs> By the time we catch up to ourselves here, we may have actually already covered this episode. It's a, it's a Series 7 episode called Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, and David Bradley plays a character in that episode. So hmm. um, uh, so he's been so all So if you guys remember this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll remember to tell you that Confusing things about <laughs> this. Right? Uh, Lastly, we've talked about David Bradley before as Argus Filch in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you as guys soon remember as you this? said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. That guy. So he does play the same role in every single movie. <laughs> <laughs> old crotchety, person. Crotchety, crotchety old man. Old yeah, not just man. an old person, an old crotchety person. That's right. Uh, so the, the other person I wanted to talk about in the cast, this was neat, uh, Peter Hawkins, who was the voice of the Daleks. So you remember when we saw them doing the Dalek episode and mm-hmm. they showed the guy off camera with a microphone mm-hmm. doing the voice of the Daleks? That character, that, that person in the movie his name was Peter Hawkins, so he was the original voice of the Daleks. He was played by Nicholas Briggs, the current voice of the mm, Daleks. Of course. <laughs> so they got the guy that d- does the Dalek voices in New Who to play the guy who did him in Classic Who. Oh, That's goodness. brilliant. That's I love hilarious. everything about that. I, I just love everything about that. The second you started talking, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. Well, when, it, when we were watching it and he was doing the lines, I was like, man, he's good. <laughs> wow. He sounds like the Daleks. I was like, oh, they wait, must have just gotten the original stuff, is what I assume. I assume oh, you thought it was from the original, original episodes and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it could have been. Um, I, it would be interesting to do a side-by-side comparison of the original Daleks and Classic Who. As so the, why were they like blue? They were like blue and white. Yeah, they, was, they, was, they, were, they were very, very different. I wonder if they were originally like that. Well, because it was black and white. So you if you noticed, tell. a lot of the set and a lot of the stuff was was white and blue, and I Maybe think that, that it's something. probably because the way the blue the would show up on black and white film. Yeah. Back when shows and movies were black and white, they used to do a lot of weird color things because it would show up better in black and white than if, like, then if so, if you wanted the Daleks to look like they were silver with brass colored orbs you know whatever their whatever their bumps are mm-hmm. um, i'm sure there's a name for that forgive me whovians um if you wanted it to look like silver on brass or brass on silver maybe you had to do it powder blue on, on like silver. baby like, blue and like yeah, hot it this, pink and it was this stuff. weird color combination yeah, it, so. it wasn't even like a dark blue it was very yeah. also when we saw blue, opal when we saw so the weird. package later that they got with the little i don't know like poncho with the little thingies it was red so the poncho the what? Uh, when they got the girl walked in 
it was the first doctor's like granddaughter or something, and she uh. walked in with the suit of the Dalek, and she was like exterminate or whatever. Holding the little like almost plunger thing. Oh yeah, the one that was the, like the Halloween costume version. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. What color? It was, it was like, red. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was very bizarre. They so, just make mm-hmm. up their own colors because it's black and white. Black and white. They didn't know. Yeah. So, which makes me wonder: Are were did the Daleks end up being like silver and brass and that kind of stuff? Because by the time they got to color. That's what everyone thought they were because they'd only ever seen them black and white. I don't know. So, well, I mean, all I know is that the colorful Daleks look far less intimidating uh-huh. than the normal Daleks. So when you say the colorful Daleks, you mean the Skittle red. Daleks? Yes. Yeah. Skittle oh, okay. Daleks. Okay. Okay. Like okay. so unintimidating, we are calling them Skittle Daleks, basically. <laughs> it's something, uh, there's a little air of Power Rangers you. to them. You know? <laughs> the white Dalek and the red Dalek. And like, here comes the Megazord. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I want to be the green Dalek. <laughs> Let's merge together as one. <laughs> I want to be the lime Dalek. I want to be the grape Dalek. All right, guys, <laughs> Noobs in the Hoobian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get your world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Uh, as always, guys, we've got a special deal for Noobs and the Whovians listeners, along with their friends and family. Just uh, head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off of your entire order so you can get started building your awesome website today. All right, so that, that's going to bring us into a modified version of the checklist-ish, yeah. sort of. Can't have most of the normal stuff. Yeah, but, you know, so our, our show notes are a template, you know, that we sort of reuse each week. And as I was looking through it, I was like, oh, you know what? There, some of this stuff actually kind of happened. So it's kind of apply. Yeah. So. so under Doctor Who, we had William Hartnell said it himself at dinner with Verity and Warris, the so the executive producer and the director, um, he sat down with him. He's looking over the script, and he said the and you know who knows if this actually happened at that not, dinner conversation. Probably not. But it was it was great in the in the movie that he says Doctor Who. You know, it's like oh, of course. You know, so the, ah, the first to person to say that. the the catchphrase would have to be the first Doctor. So, but uh, hadn't they already called it Doctor Who by that point? Um. They, I think they had, but they hadn't told him the name of it yet. They were just telling him about this sci-fi show yeah, that they were Doctor doing. Doctor Who, me, right. me, me. Yeah, like, exactly. I feel like if you just say Doctor, Doctor Who is the obvious question after. <laughs> sure, yeah. So, Especially um, if you watch Doctor Who. So. Under, <laughs> under Jiggery Pokery, um, I did notice uh, uh, there were some fun little behind-the-scenes stuff that I remembered being a bigger deal, but that they kind of glossed over. Um, much more than I remembered the first time I watched this. So first of all, you have little things like the TARDIS landing noise is them rubbing a key on the piano strings. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that's how you get that that scratching, scraping, haunting, somehow still musical sound uh, was was a, a key rubbing up and down. We had um, under kind of, I guess, still under the idea of jiggery-pokery is they were uh, just super duper proud of themselves for the psychedelic opening by pointing the camera at its own monitor Mm -hmm. and getting all of the crazy warblies and all that kind of stuff, which, um, was it, was it Sydney Newman later on who was like, it's giving me a headache or something. He's like, that's terrible. And she was like, it's amazing. It's groundbreaking. And you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, and then um, you look back at it like 20 years and you're like, what were they thinking? <laughs> I still don't know how, why that happens though. 
I don't. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, if it's pointing at the monitor of itself, there has to have been at some point an introduction of light. Yeah. So that you get that. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you just shine a flashlight in it real quick and then it just feedbacks, feeds back on itself or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, also with the, uh, the jiggery pokery, there was a notable absence throughout this entire thing of a sonic screwdriver because that didn't come it wasn't until there. Yeah, that's right. That didn't come until later. It's just, it, it still blows my mind to think about the fact that we went through an entire two doctors, right? Cause wasn't mm-hmm. it three before we got the sonic screwdriver? Or was it the so, end yeah. of two's time? At any rate, we got through any of the doctors. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that, that the entirety of the first doctor's time, there was no sonic screwdriver. Um, the TARDIS was, you know, was its thing. But, um, the, you know, the psychic paper, that wasn't around. Um, I don't know. I think the psychic paper may be a new who thing. I need to look that up one time because mm. I've said that before. I think, but I think that's a new who invention. Maybe. So well, all the, I'd assume because, yeah. I mean, we haven't heard anything yeah. about it in classic Who. Yeah, but I mean, eh, granted, we're we're cherry picking at little yeah. stories here and there. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of times where you go several episodes in a season without seeing the psychic paper, even in New Who. So, anywho, um, under the category on on the checklist of Jibberty Jabberty, we had Hartnell um, complaining about quote the words from the get go. Um, you you see him at the beginning struggling to get all the Jibberty Jabberty memorized, right? You see him going over the lines, sitting in his chair at home, and it is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you never think about. As much as we make fun of the techno babble on Star Trek and the Jibberty Jabberty and Doctor Who, they have to go home and memorize that, yeah. and then come back and say it with a straight face. That's incredible uh, that they're able to to do that on any kind of uh, a regular fatty waddy detector. <laughs> I think I would just crack up laughing if I had to recite those with a straight You know they face. do right. at some point. Though. Oh, I'm sure. Like, a but lot of times. We even saw Hartnell going further than that and doing this whole bit where he's trying to convince Verity that I can just, I can say do this with a myself. glance, with, a, with a, 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 you know, a facial expression, you know, and I'll, I can convey so much with just my face. In other words, he's saying, I'm tired of memorizing lines. I'm getting old. So, uh, but. <laughs> also, he's like, just this. put me in a set. And I'll go from there. Forget about all the lines and such. Uh, yeah, didn't he even say at one point, like, maybe you don't need writers? <laughs> like, when 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 Sydney finally sat him down and told him, we're, we're mm-hmm. moving forward yeah, without yeah. you, right before that, he, you know, Hartnell is saying, you know, what if you just kind of gave us a rough outline and then we just go with it? <laughs> Like, Which I mean words, is what like kids do when they're like playing around and such. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he wanted to just oh, literally turn Doctor Who into. Well, no, not even the Jeopardy Jeopardy. He wanted to like improvise the show. He wanted Doctor yeah. Who to become an improvised science fiction show. And I'm like, which is odd, given amazing. that he's like, no, I have to have specific button presses for each command. On but the he hardest. came up with those. He's like, and they're like, oh, let's yeah, get but this he came up with them for continuity. And what Corbin is saying is if you're just, you know, off the cuff doing stuff, there's a podcast that I listen to that is, that is an improvised podcast. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a comedy, um, it's a fictional thing, oh. right? And it's improvised and they, there is a running gag within the show where like somebody will just say something ridiculous and one of the other, like, especially they'll have, they'll have guests on the show. Oh, the poor guests. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you take that guest and catch them up to speed on the canon of this show? And so the person will say something crazy and 
like one of the regular characters will go, Oh, is, uh, is that a thing? And one of the other ones will go, well, I, it's been said, I guess it's canon now. <laughs> it's like, so I guess we gotta run with that. That truth forever now. Like Spaceships just, are now made of marshmallows. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, well, I, I didn't realize that was the thing. But now that I think about it, I realize it was that all along. So I don't know how you would do that with a television science fiction show where... And since he's old, how would he remember all... Yeah, he's already having a hard time remembering lines that were written. How is he going to remember something he uttered in the moment six weeks ago mm-hmm. or a year ago or whatever? So, uh, so at any rate, other stuff we noticed... Uh, let's see. At the very beginning, uh, we have the opening scene of this dramatization is a TARDIS. Uh, except it's not. Yeah. It's an ah, actual it's for real police box. And the thing that I always have to remind myself is that when this show originally started, that was they were commonplace. Yeah, yeah. They were there. It was part of the landscape. So you have you have an actual police box, and then you have an actual police officer step out of the actual police box. And William Hartnell has Unbeknownst to us at the time, you know, we're seeing a flash forward mm-hmm. in the in the beginning of the movie. Uh, he has just been told that he is no longer going to be the doctor, but the doctor mm-hmm. is going the, the doctor who is going to continue without him. And the police officer says, You need to move along now, sir. You're in the way. It's sad, doctor. Oh, that's that hurts. So You um, need to move along now. We're done with you. Get out. Get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Aggressive. <laughs> Apparently, you shouldn't be. In You're charge in of the way, sir. That's right. So we had. Um, oh, Corbin, I think that was this your note here. Uh, I added to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you want me to say? It? Speak it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, we mentioned earlier how uh, whoever the director guy was, uh, Sydney uh, Newman. Sydney Newman was like. No tin robots or bug-eyed monsters. But the Daleks are both. <laughs> He's like, like at, this is the exact same th- thing that I told you not to do. I know. Like, at first, he's like, Great, no oh, way. there are tin robots. How dare you? But then we find out later there are also bug-eyed monsters. Yeah, they're, they're right, bug-eyed so monsters stuffed into Where's the glass jars? Uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just got to make the inside glass. That's good. <laughs> good stuff. So that uh, brings us down to who's who, which this week, basically, I wanted to talk about just... Who is the doctor? So first of all, Verity says, and this is this is early days. I don't think the show was was up and running yet. It may have been during the dinner with William Hartnell. She says mm-hmm. he's something like six hundred years old, right? So I just yeah. think it's funny that like they, we've never known how old the doctor uh, yeah. is. We just never hey, never. He's around six hundred. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't fact check that. Please. That's right. Um, in that same dinner. Um, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, Waris or Waris, the director, he describes the doctor as tough and wiry, like an old turkey. <laughs> then he says, it's what you do so well, Mr. Hartnell, stern and scary. And then Hartnell kind of glares at him. He gives him a stern says, and scary yeah, face. Says, but with a twinkle. <laughs> you know, so, um, And I did think it was funny that the one of his first pieces of feedback to Verity was... Uh, Where's the twinkle? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Why am mean. I such a jerk all the time? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so apparently that, you know, we weren't misreading that when we went back and watched an unearthly child. Apparently even the doctor thought he was being too much of a jerk at that point. So <laughs> I did think that was funny that it's supposed to be stern and scary, but with a twinkle. You Where's know who, that twinkle? 
Uh, yeah. You know what that's suddenly reminding me of is uh, the professor in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You yeah. remember who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the old man whose house they're staying at, yeah. where they're like deathly afraid of him and they're deathly afraid of whatever that woman's name was. What was her name? She I had a great why name. are you asking? I don't know. Because you're I, supposed to know these guys. I haven't things. read the book in so long. Yeah, anyways. Well, we watched the movie like 20 times. <laughs> okay, you <laughs> watched it. I hardly they, paid attention. They are terrified of that professor. And then when they finally end up face to face with this professor who has been the dark figure whose shadow lays upon the, you know, the, the door frame, but they never actually see, all of a sudden they're in that forbidden room with him. And he's like, the goofiest, silliest old man you've ever known, you know? And, uh, yeah, like, my, my goodness, what are they teaching you in schools these days? You know, and this kind of thing. So definitely stern and scary, but with a twinkle. Do you got it? No, I love I it. I thought you were Googling it. I did, but I, 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 I there's I, too many characters. I don't remember any of just them. Google old lady in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's fine. <laughs> Probably just going to get the witch. Yeah, the uh, white witch. Who was it that said this line? C.S. Lewis meets H.G. Wells meets Father Christmas. That's the doctor. They said it at that was the Verity, dinner. Wasn't it? That was Verity. Yeah, this was all. This was all. Okay, so yeah, a lot of this came from sure, that scene. Like all of this, this just explains. This is the explanation of the show to get a good setup, and so we get a lot of the stuff from the checklist right in this meeting. Don't say it, McCready. I don't know. Her name I is looked, McCready. I looked up old lady in Narnia, and the, the top result was Susan Pevensey, the older girl. <laughs> I don't know why it gave me that. that. Came up as old lady. Yeah, I know it's it's McCready dude. because they say, "Oh no, it's the McCready." They, <laughs> they put like the in front of her name. So. Also, apparently, the White Witch's name is Jadis. Yes, uh, you don't find that out until the magician's nephew, though. That's great. I okay. Back I to Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> there was a great line when Hartnell first starts off, and he's trying to tell his his granddaughter about this new character, and she says, "The Doctor," and I expected the next line to be, "Who Doctor Who?" Doctor Who. But instead, she says, "Does he make people better?" And that's where Hartnell. You know, I think it was the next scene where Hartnell goes in and he's like, where's the twinkle? Yeah. He's, you've got the stern and scary, but where's the twinkle? He needs to make people better. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, like, especially mm-hmm. in light that of some of the stuff that we've covered the in doctor. Voodoo. Yeah. Does he make people better? Like, you know, we, we've, you guys know my favorite Doctor Who episodes are the ones where he's challenging people to be the best of humanity and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Show me a person that I haven't messed up yet. <laughs> 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 Calling back a few months in listeners' minds, but yes. Ah, uh, Amy, indeed. before guilt. I messed her up. More guilt. <laughs> yeah. ah, more guilt. <laughs> Show me someone before I mess them up. Uh, so, and then the last thing about who is the doctor is that at the very end, so we had, we've already discussed the nod uh, to uh, Eleven with, with Tenant. Or with tenant with with Matt Smith showing up. Nod as in Eleven just magically appears. Yeah, I don't, I don't guess you call delusional it delusional man. I don't guess you call it a nod when he's on screen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, did y'all catch that subtle nod to the Eleventh Doctor? If you blinked, you missed it. <laughs> yeah, he was only he was there actually, for like a full minute. Yeah, he was on screen interacting with the set, but he uh, didn't no, say anything. No, we did so. have we did have a in this again to to. Anyone who's watched any part of Doctor Who, not so subtle nod to David Tennant when after Hartnell finds out the news and then is told by the police officer, you're in the way, sir, you need to move along. He's, he's like crying in front of the fireplace and his wife comes in and says, what's the matter? And he says, I don't want to go. And I was like, ah! 
Sorry. And then we cut off the TV, threw it out the window, you know. <laughs> so sad. He was he was a very, very sad doctor in that in that uh, little bit there. So guys, Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we're doing, if we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. Head on over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian. Become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right. That brings us down to our classic Who connection. Classic Who connection. We're, we're doing it a little loosely this yeah. week. We're just yeah. going to call it Jared's segment. Yeah. Jared's <laughs> That's basically heart. what it is. Anyways. I mean, <laughs> it's basically, I Jared's mean, yeah, add-on. Oh, yeah, there you go. So, all right. So let's hear what Jared had to say this week. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared, and I'm here to talk about an adventure in space and time. Actually, I don't have that much to say. Uh, it was all about Classic Who. It was really cool to see the beginnings of Doctor Who, some things I knew about, to see them kind of coming about, Some things I, a lot of things I didn't know about, and adding into uh, that um, just the knowledge of, of how Doctor Who got started. And it was fun to see the characters come a little more to life outside of just what we have in articles and in watching the original episodes. The one thing I do want to say is the Daleks are important. And they're not just ridiculous characters that are easily defeated, ridiculous monsters. They were integral. They were very important to the success and longevity of the show. And I thought that uh, Verity Lambert... Uh, I forget the actress who played her her name, the, the actress who portrayed her, but I thought that she gave a really great uh, case for why the Daleks are important and why they were uh, of, of value to be on the show. So, I'm not the only one. Clearly, people loved the Daleks out there in the 1960s, as they showed in the, in the movie. But... Uh, Still, I'm not the only one who enjoys the Daleks, and so the Daleks are important, and you just have to accept that, and that's all I really have to share. So, uh, thanks for bringing this one. I'd never seen this before, so it was cool to watch it, and thanks for putting it on your uh, uh, schedule, and uh, I look forward to bringing some real classic Who connections next time. All right, so that brings us down to our overall impressions. So, guys, we didn't really discuss this ahead of time. Do y'all want to give it an out of 10, or do you want to do timey-wimey style and give it thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I'd, I'd just say yeah. thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, there's no real... It's not like, how much do you of... Really? I was going right. to say, it's not much of a story. There is a story, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. We're not giving an overall rating of it as a story. Just as for what it is, a docudrama, dramatization, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Okay? I can't, you know, I like that better than having to figure it out out of 10, but I'm definitely going to give it a positive rating because I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. I enjoyed rewatching it with you guys. Um, it is a neat look back. Mm-hmm. And, and for, for actually, I think I enjoyed it more this time because we had seen some of those episodes mm. because we knew what the flashing radiation meter meant. 
Because even though they showed it at the that. wrong time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. showed it at the end of episode one, and that was at the end yeah. of episode four. But um, when they when there was the scene with the Daleks, we had seen that episode, and I hadn't previously. The first time well, I watched this, I hadn't seen any of it. when they're going down the wherever invading earth or whatever we hadn't seen that oh there was plenty of stuff that came later that, yeah. that we hadn't seen and, and actually the cavemen i did we do the cavemen that was the very first yeah, one that was the first that episode. was an, an unearthly child the first oh. four-part episode i thought it was the daleks was the first that was the second story yeah so the first four episodes oh. were an unearthly child and then and then you go back to 10,000 BC or whatever and hang out with the cavemen. Mm. That was the first story. And then the second story was the Daleks. And uh, remember them landing on the planet and the radiation gauge spiking at the end of episode four. And then episode five is them on, on Scarrow. Yeah. So, um, so at any rate, yeah, I'm giving it a, uh, a good thumbs up. I had a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I, I enjoyed it even more this time having more classic who knowledge than I did before. And also more kind of behind the scenes stuff like you and I, you and I, the three of us <laughs> have covered a lot of behind the scenes stuff and so, so we're we've understanding talked, yeah, all and this. Mm -hmm. we've talked about Verity Lambert. We've talked about Sidney Newman. We, you know, we've had discussions we about some of this stuff. understand the characters. Right, So right. it's easier to. Yeah. So um, uh, we, we know, for example, that it was filmed at the BBC because it was, in fact, a British show. Because if you go back to one of our early episodes, you'll realize that y'all didn't know it was a British show. <laughs> nope. <It's> <laughs> I was like, listening to that not long ago, and y'all were like, what was with all the accents? And I went... Well, it's filmed in the UK, and now we're like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, not everything yeah. is in America? <laughs> I don't right. believe it. There's a world outside of America. All right, so, uh, Trip, what are you going to do? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? What do you got? Um, I think That's your this, only choices. this was a very good one. The characters, I, I think they got good characters to play as who they actually were. Like, it yeah. looked pretty reliable. I don't know. The first actor was a bit off, but I mean, uh, there were some parts that, no, they were just drawn out. Drawn but out? other okay. than that, so? I think it was. Yeah, what do you mean parts that were drawn out? I don't out? know. Like, there was one part where they were filming, and then I feel like for two minutes, the first doctor was like staring out, like just stuttering, trying to figure out his line, and then walked off for, like, a lunch break or something. <laughs> and it was like... I don't, know that's what I don't remember that part. But, I must have been asleep. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's a thumbs up. It's thumbs good. up overall. All right, Corbin, what do you got? I mean, yeah, I think the um, time... Uh, uh, like, like... What? There, it what? took them so long to get past, like, the first few episodes they made... And then suddenly we're just skipping along and suddenly it's yeah. the end of the doctor's time. And like, I get they have to do that, but it is yeah. kind of all over yeah. the place. Yeah. But I'm still going to say it's a thumbs up. Like they really did a good. lot I, at the beginning for yeah. starting episodes and then yeah. they kind of sped through the season to get I would, to the I would say that the, the point of the movie was how did Doctor Who get started? Yeah. And there's, there's two parts to that, that question. It's literally how did it start? Uh -huh. And so you had to, they did. They spent a lot of time about how Verity even became the producer and what she was doing before and, you know, and, and all these kinds of things. 
and uh, you know the director and different things like that, and them casting Hartnell, and they they spent a lot of time building that up. Mm-hmm. And then you're right, they jumped ahead a lot because the second part of the question of how did Doctor Who begin is really how did Doctor Who continue? Because yeah. this is a unique show. Because I mean, the only the, the closest parallel that you have is things like uh, soap operas where they've been running like your EastEnders and Coronation Street and all that kind of stuff, or your Young and the Restless here in America and uh, uh, what's the um, All My Children, you know, all these kind of daytime mm-hmm. soap operas. The reason that they have run for thirty and forty years apiece is because they just keep introducing new characters, new family members, and then getting rid of the old ones. Yeah, and people characters over. die off and things like that. You don't have literally the same character after the actor has gotten too old. You know? So like I mean they started with an old character. Right, right. So that's the thing is like you've got soap operas where you've had the same actor playing the same character for decades. It's and like that's amazing, the right? The guy starts as a kid. Well, and not even as a kid, but I starts, mean, he starts you know, like a teenager and then ends up by the end. You have no concept of age. <laughs> but yes. No, he's what? not a kid. He's yeah. just a teenager. Well, he was he was nine months old when we began filming. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's 47 and nine months old. <laughs> 47 years and nine months. No, but this, this was a, a, a case where the show should not have run for more than three years. Like yeah. any other show in this in this situation, you have one of two options. You shut down the show, or, sorry, three options. You shut it down, but yeah. if you're going to keep going, you've got two options. You switch actors and hope everybody's okay with it. Or like if it's not science fiction, you know, yeah. if you don't have this idea of regeneration, you switch actors and hope everybody's okay, or you get rid of the main character you and hope everybody's okay. Main- you kill off the main character and get a new, a I new know, like hero, time lord, or something. Yeah, and to you just hope that everybody's okay. And they went with a daring idea of what if he was still the same but looked different and acted different and was different, a <laughs> completely different person, same. but he was the same person. Yeah, and right, and and that's the thing <clears throat> is we've now seen this as we've seen multiple incarnations of the Doctor. So um, I think to to answer that question, they did have to cover the beginning in depth the way they did, but then they had to cover Hartnell's exit. And in order to get there in 90 minutes, you have to jump over, you know, a lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the details along the way. So uh, let's see that's uh, that brings us down to the game plan. So the game plan here is a little touch and go. Cause again, this is uh, it is January and we're recording an episode to release in July. So if we are on schedule and this Hopefully. is coming out, on time. This is slated to come out early July. So the next thing up on our schedule for episode 111 would be uh, story number 240, The Day of the Doctor. Now, this is the 50th anniversary special. And so I'm sure that I have mentioned in the episodes leading up to this that the all of the 50th anniversary stuff on Amazon has gotten a little bit Wibbly wobbly, shall we say? Uh, so you'll actually find this episode in the same grouping of episodes along with an adventure in space and time. So make sure that for next week you're watching uh, Story 240, The Day of the Doctor. 
the 50th anniversary special. Um, and then after that, we head into a Christmas in July because it'll be Christmas for the doctor in July for us, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, so that'll be the time of the doctor. And then we're done. Uh, this is really weird to talk about right now because for us, we're in the middle of series six. <laughs> but <laughs> after this episode airs, we will be two episodes away from Smith's time being done. And then we'll have a Smith uh, recap episode and get introduced to Mr. Peter Capaldi. Actually, I guess we'll technically we'll meet him briefly at the end briefly. of the time of the doctor during the, uh, the regeneration there. So um, hard to believe it because for us currently, we are halfway through Smith's time. But uh, in just a few short months, he's going to be he's going to be going away. That's so sad. It's going to be saying goodbye. So. All right, guys. Well, uh, so. Uh, my, my computer, my computer froze up on me. I didn't know what I was doing anymore. Wow! Uh, so, guys, make sure that uh, that you tune in for those two. These were these were big deal episodes, both of them. Um, there is also there is some lead up. Uh, there's some prequel stuff. Um, so, in the past, we've we've been inconsistent about covering prequels let's let's say so uh check out the prequels uh, which i believe are also in the 50th anniversary bundle on, and on we Amazon. might mention that on the show yeah hopefully or hopefully we'll mention it leaning up. before yeah so um until then guys noobs in the whovian is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the inside your senior producer is me austin reason our audio engineer is this guy i am trip our production editor is the other guy i'm corbin special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection, and shout-outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian. You can email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian, and you can find all of these links and uh, lots of other fun stuff, including full show notes at noobsandthehoovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with your friends, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin, I'm the Hoovian, these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp, and, and we're the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. <laughs>